Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my amazing guest, Robin. She is awesome. You're going to love her. Hi, Robin. Hi, Michelle. Great to be here. Excellent. Glad you could have you here. It's been uh, quite the ordeal trying to get our schedule <laughs> set up today. You wouldn't think that that would happen when you're always in front of a computer, but lo and behold, it's harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah, it certainly can be. Yeah, for sure. So give us a 5,000 foot view, who you are, what you do, what exciting projects you're working on right now. Okay, great. Um, so I am an entrepreneur, always have been. And about five years ago, I sold my large, small music studio, music and dance studio. It actually was large. It was just in a small town. I had about 500 students um, enroll every year, which was pretty great. And I, I'm one of those people that loves to start big projects. I have a big vision and I go for it. And then at some point I'm like, okay, that's done, what's next? <laughs> so, so about five years ago I sold it. And during that time though, when I had it, I did a lot of coaching because, um, so I did a lot of coaching in my students. I had a bunch of piano students, hundreds over the years. And the thing about my students is they would stay and get results. They would stay for years, six to 10 years usually. And that was kind of unique. And so I had a lot of people ask me, what in the world are you doing, right? Because those students are getting such great results. And then I had a lot of business people coming to me saying, what in the world did you do to get so many students in such a small town to enroll in your studio? So I've done a bunch of coaching about that for um, about 12 years, I guess. And I, I find that I really, really enjoy working with people on developing the skill set to complete the things that are most important to them. Because what happens then, I don't care if they're piano students or they're parents with kids or they're entrepreneurs with something huge to complete. When we complete things, we gain a lot of confidence. That's what happens. And then we want to do it again. Absolutely. That's awesome. So who would you say now is your ideal marketer? Who do you love working with? Um, I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs who have something really important to complete. That's because, so a lot of times I'm called an accountability coach, but for me, it goes so far beyond that. And, you know, a lot of people are like, ew, <laughs> an accountability <laughs> coach, like, ew. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's so much fun to help somebody with the strategy and then run, run alongside of it with them until they cross the finish line. Like the victory is shared. It's not just like, oh, you did it, great. I feel like I'm a part of it. And so even on an incremental, like weekly or biweekly basis to see people set something out as a goal and then achieve it, it's very rewarding. It's very fun, right? Oh, that's awesome, I love that. So. Uh, I am one of these chronic people who, well, I don't know if I'm a chronic person, but I'm a person who chronically sets goals, and um, but I'll always have like seven of them on the goal. It's like, I mean, I get that I should have one goal and focus on it and make it happen, but to me, I have, well, I have my personal goals, and I have my family goals, and I have my, my health goals. Like I, I can't just ignore the fact that I am a human. I have to take care of that part, and I have to run a business, and so is that like a normal circumstance or is that just me and my fellow uh, crazies that have 20 things on the go at the same time? 
no, I'd say you're completely normal. And I'm the same way. I always have multiple goals. In fact, I was just writing a few down before we got on our call today. And I, it's totally normal and it's completely fine. And I don't know how to live without having goals in different areas. Like I just do. I've got personal and professional goals and family goals and community goals. And that's all well and good. What's what happens a lot of times, though, if we're looking at the goals for a week, we set kind of out of range goals, right? We sent the, like I, I had a client who uh, had such a great week making discovery calls with people that he's like, I'm going to do 50 next week. And I was like, really, are you sure? Um, because he, you know, he's so encouraged. And then I was like, hey, how about if we pull that back in and actually decide on a goal that you think you can meet. Sure, it might be a bit of a push, but you could actually achieve it because what we want to do with each of our goals is hit it so that we're encouraged to go on the following week. And so it doesn't matter if you've got 10 goals in 10 different areas. They just need to be pretty much you think you can reach those goals, not like, well, it would be a miracle, but I'm going to put it as a goal anyway, right? That, that just ends up being uh, untenable. We just can't do it. And then we get discouraged and then we go, forget it. I'm not even going to bother. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so when you're working with somebody, are you working on like one goal at a time? Or are you helping them to strategize how they're going to get this stuff going on in their calendar and how they're going to stay committed to it? Like, where do you come at it from? Well, where I really come at it from is what is the lowest hanging fruit? What would be the thing that you can do this week that achieves the bigger goal, which might be, so if somebody says, I just need to generate revenue. Okay, well, let's look at all of the options and let's set a goal based on that outcome that, that makes sense, right? That's, that's pretty logical. And if we can identify the low hanging fruit, what would bring you the most pleasure to do? What would be fun for you to do? What would you say, I would love to achieve that goal this week? Not like from a place of angst or frustration, um, and sometimes it's different than that. Sometimes we're looking at a completely different reason to achieve a goal. So it wouldn't be to generate revenue. It would be to move forward on having an online course ready to go, right? So what's the goal with that this week? And being strategic about it. So we're doing things in a logical way that build. And sometimes I think that's what happens too as entrepreneurs, right? We have, we actually, <laughs> we actually may not have a strategy we may just have goals and they and they're not in a line they're not linear they're all over the place so i try to help people like get get really practical about okay can you get excited about this next thing can we get this next thing done because then we're ready for the next thing nice so instead of having eight things going on one at once it's like this week i'm focused on that next week i get to focus on the other thing and and get those little milestones set up? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that, that's really what I'm saying. And sometimes, you know, things interfere even within those milestones, right? So we can have a strategic goal set, but oh my gosh, this week, you know, my imposter syndrome came out big time. It got triggered. And so we might not even achieve the goal we set out because we've got some things to clean up before we can get there. But at least we know what we're aiming for. And then we just like knock down those straw men as they come up in order to achieve the goal. Nice. And you, you brought up the imposter syndrome. So I'm thinking, is that, is, is that one of the elements behind the imposter syndrome is somebody that's not setting and actually achieving goals so they don't feel like they've ever accomplished anything? Or is it because they keep moving the, <laughs> the goal line or is it because they're setting weird intangibles or what do you think is going on there? 
That's interesting. Well, hmm, that's a great question, Michelle. I think imposter syndrome comes up for people as they get closer to achieving their goals, right? They've set these goals and they're making progress and they can see it's just, it's just a month out and I'll be able to launch this thing, whatever it is. And there's, I've noticed for a lot of people, there is some fear that pops up as we get close to achieving our goals. And then it's a matter of saying, hang on, wait a minute, why are you doing this in the first place, right? And who is going to miss out on all of your goodness if you don't do this thing? So if we can shift it back to the result for the client and take the focus off of me, mm -hmm. usually get through that imposter syndrome, right? Because that's what happens. It's when you have imposter syndrome, you've taken the focus from the outcome that you want for the people that will consume your coaching or your product. And we've shifted it back to why, why me, right? It's becomes me. And we've, we've got to, we've got to refocus on, wait a minute, the outcome is this. And of course you're qualified. Or I would have told you from the beginning, what? Not, you can't do that. You've never done that before. Don't, don't come to me with that. That's awesome. So uh, give, give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. One of my Cinderella stories. Sure. I can give you an example of that. Um, and this was actually uh, someone who owns a music studio. And uh, when she, when I started working with her, she's been in a mastermind I've had for, I think this is her sixth year. She's been amazing. She started with me at the beginning and she just doesn't, she just doesn't want to leave. And she already said, you know, I'm signing up for next year already, right? I'm not ready to enroll, but I'm like, okay. So she's had really great results because she came with a lot of, um, a lot of expectations for herself that she wasn't reaching. So she was always in a state of, I can't do this. I'm not, it's not good enough. It's not a high enough standard. It's not this, it's not that. And we've really been able to set more tangible goals. And again, like I was talking about shifting when the focus goes inward, shifting it back outward to what am I doing for my students? What kind of studio do I want? What results am I promising them? And clearly she's capable or she wouldn't have gone into this business. She's already had great results. But I think that's the Cinderella story is when somebody actually learns how to set achievable goals and realistic expectations. But the whole thing comes from how can I, how can I serve these clients and how can I set up a situation so I am as happy as possible to do it? right? Let's find this sweet spot for you. What would make you happy? What would you like to say about yourself? What would your students say about you? Let's find a way to do that. And so she's really been able to, she's achieved all these things that five or six years ago, I didn't even know, like, could she really find a place of happiness in her, in her studio? And I believe she really has, she's gotten her time management under control and her policies under control and her conversations with people under control. And so just seeing the confidence, that's what's beautiful for me is when people get it and they're like, oh yeah, I'm good. I can do this. Nice. I love that. I was watching an interview with Oprah the other day and she said the point when her show kind of exploded was when she said, I'm not doing it this way anymore, just to have a show for the sake of having a show. It's what's the final outcome? What is our intention with this? What are we trying to actually accomplish? And when we started having meetings like that, that's when the success started to fly. So I totally love that it's it, it totally goes beyond, am I setting a goal and am I achieving it? But it's, it's what does that end goal look like and why? And what do you really, really want to do? What kind of experience do you want your students to have? That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to 
love what you do, right? When, when that is your goal, that you have a, a wonderful experience and they do too. I mean, what, what's better? You know, people say, what do you love about being an entrepreneur? And it's like, wow, well, I get to do things that make me happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the time. That's awesome. Very cool. So, I mean, I, I see how this directly, obviously, impacts scaling somebody's business and helping them to strategize systems, support, state of mind. Uh, is there anything about that structure that you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's totally key. People need to have this one thing when it comes to setting their goals and scaling. Um, I think people need to be realistic. And, and, I, and I'm a possibilitarian. Usually that's the, my last name on Zoom calls is Robin Keen, possibilitarian, because I believe anything is possible. But something I learned when I had my big music and dance school was that without systems, I couldn't support those goals. So I believe having a system, a structure, and you know what? I, I'm a freewheeling type of person and I don't want to be boxed in. But what I found with systems that they, is that they give me ultimate freedom because I'm not like running around like a crazy person all day long trying to figure out like what I said I was going to do and what was on my calendar. And, and did I actually send that email, right? I have it all handled so that I do get to enjoy my time making up whatever I want to make up because those systems are running in the background. So when people come to me and they haven't considered that and they just think somehow they're going to scale all by themselves without a team, without systems, it's those expectations are unrealistic. So I say that it sounds small, except that 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 smallness gives you the ability to fly. If that does that make sense to oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it usually does, because I know I had a lot of clients who go, I just want to make a million dollars in revenue. And it's like, well, where are you now? Uh, you know, 70. 70,000 <laughs> and you want to make a million this year. It's like, okay, so one, yeah, let's scale it back because the problems you're having right now at less than hundred grand are going to be completely different than the challenges that you have at 300 grand, at 500 grand, at 700, and then at a million. And I think people don't realize this. They think that I just, I set a goal and I'm going to have the same problems then that I have now. So, um. <laughs> so I, I love the kind of realistic thing because I see it as, um, there are certain problems that you can handle right now that you can solve, but then as soon as you get to a certain point, those problems completely change. And I think that's where the realistic comes in, but feel free to <laughs> argue with me. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And I guess my example is when I first opened my music studio, you know, I went from 15 students that somebody handed me to 150 and, and I had quite a large music studio, right? And so my problems, they weren't problems, they were opportunities. I'd rather say of my, course. my opportunities changed. Yep. And, and I was quite happy. That was going very, very well. I was having an impact in my community. I loved what I was doing. My children were in my classes. Like it was, it was a beautiful time for me. And then I expanded. I, I added Simply Music Piano and I went from 100 and some students to like double that with all these piano students, which set me up with new opportunities. But then what, when it went crazy is when I had this great idea, hey, I said to my, my business partner, she wasn't really, she was like, we we're two sole proprietors working in the same business side by side. Um, I said, hey, let's open a dance studio. We can totally bring this and compete. And like two months later, two and a half months later, we had our, you know, 4,000 square foot dance and music academy and gymnastics and martial arts. 
And then we went from, you know, 130 families to 500 or something like that in sanity. So it's funny because people used to say, oh, I want to do what you did. I want to be just like you. I'm like, yeah, no, you don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have no clue what it took to get here or what it took to get out of there. <laughs> what it took to sustain that, like this, this the, again, the systems that we had in place. And we did a great job. I hired a really awesome um, coach. We paid him 289 bucks a month for a 10 or 15 minute phone call, one. And it was worth, it was worth every minute, every, you can imagine. I wasn't like, Hey, how are you doing? I was like, Hey, I've got these questions, right? <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> There's no easing into, Hey, niceties. It was straight on to, Hey, I need help with these things. But I, that revealed to me that you can scale, but boy, you better, you better be as prepared as possible because it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be. And the things that come up, you don't know they're going to come up. And if you have no way of managing them, um, you'll lose your business. That's, and I've seen other people lose their business thinking they could scale and lacking people and systems to implement. You just have to have it. Absolutely. And when you agreed though, that you wouldn't have been able to go from those like the 40 students up to the 500 students immediately without those two transitionary periods in between. Mm -hmm. like, and, like you just don't know what you don't know and you got to have those <laughs> transitionary periods in place. So you got to kind of scale up slowly to, to figure out what those transition points are. Yes, because there literally is no way of knowing. Now, you can know something by working with you or working with me, right? We do different things, but it that's why I am such a fan of always having a coach who's been there and done it, even if it wasn't exactly the same, because, you know, people like us who have done it are aware and, and can point things out like this is coming, like I can see this coming. And if you've never done it, you won't see it. So I think that's where a lot of people have these, like you had said, Michelle, oh, I'm going to scale and I'm at this right now. And, I, you know, by the end of the year, I'm going to make a million dollars. And you're like, well, okay, but what will that really cost you along the way? Probably your sanity and most of your. <laughs> and most of your what, sorry? Sleep. Oh, yeah. Sleep, <laughs> sleep and sanity. Who needs those? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, and I find it's often way easier to see a train wreck coming when you're not in the car. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to do that. No, that, that's not good. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. It's, it's great when people are um, thoughtful about the goals they set, right? I remember when I was in high school, I played the piano and at some point, I don't know what I was thinking, but I told my parents and my teacher, I wanted to be a concert level pianist. And then, you know, two months in, I was like, no, no, I, I, I don't. I was kidding. Sorry, I made a terrible mistake. Right? Like, <laughs> awesome. I started to, started to get the feeling like the train had left the station. I was like, oh, God, let me off now. Right. And so, but in business, when you do that, you cause some damage, right? Because things start to fall apart and you're talking about your business, your money, your reputation, your revenue. Right. So we need to be smart. Absolutely. Totally agree. So if somebody is sitting at home going, oh my God, Robin, I need you so badly right now. What are they probably going through? <laughs> or people that should be saying, oh my God, I need you so bad. Yeah. Well, I think 
the the people that call me most often are people who have a realization that they're kind of overcommitted to some things and they're not sure how to get out of those. And I'm, I've got a process that I can use with you to get you out of outdated commitments, promises, and agreements in a way that does very little damage if, or maybe not any damage at all. And then, you know, then it's a matter of like, okay, really, how do I, what am I going to prioritize? And what are my goals and how do I really get into action on these things? So that's what they're thinking is like, oh my gosh, I, I can't seem to get it. I can't seem to get it together. I can't get, seem to get it done. I don't know the steps. Um, you know, how many different coaches do I need? Right. So sometimes that's the thing. So, uh, and I have lots of people that I refer my clients to when they're ready for that website, when they're ready for the CRM, when they're ready for a branding person, when they're ready for copywriting, right? But they can't be ready for any of that until they have a plan and they know how to execute on it. So that's what they're thinking. Absolutely. I agree. So if somebody's in that position right now at home, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can just find me at Quitting Culture. Dot com And right at the top, it says, talk to Robin, just schedule a call with me and we can find out where you are and what you need and how does that look and see if we're a good fit to work together. Nice. And Robin is awesome. You'll absolutely love her as much as we do. And if you haven't already fallen in love with her, which I know you have, so, <laughs> so moot point, give her a shout and definitely set up that strategy call. So one last question before we wrap this all up is at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh, I was little. I was a little kid. Yeah, I just knew it. Like I was always, you know, I was that typical kid that had the lemonade stand, right? Like it was one thing after another. And I think when I was 15, I became the the youngest Jaffer Cosmetics consultant in the United States. Like I had to get special, uh, I had to get special permission and I killed it, man. I had a great up, you know, the next person above me, Kelly Metcalf, I still remember. And like, it was no big deal. I just went out there and sold makeup and skincare to women that were like my mom's age, like, like remarkably well. So I just think I always knew that, that I loved being my own boss. And my dad was a, a captain with American Airlines, but my dad also had his own business selling um, very upscale cars from your Mercedes and Porsches and BMWs, right? He imported them and sold them. Like, I don't know if that was cool, but that's what he did. And he, <laughs> That's totally cool. <laughs> actually sure it was legit. But uh, anyway, he, he wouldn't have done anything illegal. But anyway, it's interesting. I remember something as a kid. But my dad always had entrepreneurial things that he did. And I just watched him and I was like, wow, he's having a great time living life. I want to do that. Nice. I love that. So what do you think your greatest strength was in, in entrepreneurial world to become successful as you are? Uh, I think it was determination and imagination between the two. Nice. That is awesome. Any last words for our peeps today? Uh, I would just say live, live your largest life, like be happy, find something that makes you happy and then enjoy what you're doing. That's to me is the most important part. I want to love what I do. And I think we all deserve to love what we do. So love it. Awesome. So go check out Robin at quittingculture.com. We'll have that for you at awarenessstrategies.com too. If you're on the road and driving, you can't see that right now. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show or have a question or topic that you'd like me to discuss, reach out at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, Robin. Have a great day. Thanks, Michelle. You too. 
Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.